All construction champions, it's your host, Ron Newsbaum, and we're here for another episode of Construction Champions Podcast, where we're burning the damn house down so we can rebuild it. And that's not just with your business, that's with your life, that's with everything around it. On Construction Champions Podcast, we are here to dominate 2024 and bring out the champions that are in the construction industry that I know live within it, that want to come out and do amazing things. I'm super excited today for our guest. Chris, it is great to have you here with us today. Hey, thanks, Ron. You do come in hot, so I see what you mean. I stayed on my chair, though, so I am I think I'm firmly secured. There you go. Just a little bit hot. It's why I always pre-reference it, like I said. Had somebody almost fraud of the chair before. So after that, I decided I'm going to let everybody know what they're about ready to get into. Uh, So I'm super excited to talk today. Why don't you take some time? Tell the construction champions out there a little bit about yourself. What excites you? What got you here to today? Sure. Well, I'm Chris Langford. I'm the managing partner of a firm called Home Technology Ventures. So I'm a I'm an early stage venture capital investor who focuses on companies that are innovating within the housing and home industries. Um, I got there. My original path into the venture world was through building a venture capital arm for Lowe's, the big home improvement retailer. Uh, prior to that, I launched businesses for them, ran strategy and corporate development. Um, so I've I always say I've been around the housing market for almost 20 years, uh, starting as an investment banker, moving on into corporate life, and now as a venture capitalist. So what excites me? Um, You know, I think what excites me is the fact that for the first time, at least that I can remember within my lifetime, I'm just turned 44 the other day. um, So I'm not, I'm sort of right in the middle between being old and, and, you know, somewhat new to the game. But, you know, I think what's exciting for me personally, as someone who lives to invest in things that are kind of on the bleeding edge is that for the first time that I can ever remember, the industry has to change. Like it's, it's not a nice to do. Um, It's not a, maybe we could squeak out a little bit of something here. The industry has to change, right? I mean, I think price, the way that we build our homes is, unsustainable. Um, It's no longer resilient to kind of the climate and other things that we have. The the cost of housing has certainly gotten to a point where that's problematic for a lot of different folks. You know, we're we're building homes the same way we did 150 years ago for the most for the most part, using generally speaking a lot of the same materials. Um, And something's just something's just got to give. Life has changed too, right? So we we there's so many elements. I know we want to dig into them. I won't just jump right in. But the point being is, um, the makeup of society is different. The cost to attain one of the most basic needs is is out of reach for so many people now, Um, and much of that is driven by human causes and lack of industry change. And so for someone who wants to come in and fund people that are going to change the industry, I'm excited that I think it has to happen. So hopefully we'll be getting pulled a little more this investment cycle than pushing. I love it, man. That that is exciting. You know, and what excites me is your terminology around your age. See, I'm 39, I'm about to be 40. And I feel like the same way. And what you just said about, that you're not new to the game, 
but you're not the old dog like that's a perfect analogy like you're you're very you're a very experienced person that's still got a lot of runway to go out and rock and roll i've been looking for like how do i describe where i'm at in my life and that that's per i love it yeah i i look at it as i am finally experienced enough to be competent at my job right i think when you're young you don't really care because you have so much horsepower that you'll just kind of power through everything, right? It's kind of like if you had, if you're like football, right? So when you first come, when you first come out, maybe you focus on your athleticism. Maybe you're more athletically gifted than everyone else. You just outwork everyone. And then, uh, you know, take a quarterback or something as they get older, you know, they stop leaving the pocket. They, uh, <laughs> they stand back there. They know the defense pre-snap. And they can they know the plays to make. And I think I'm I think I'm heading into the the second part of my uh, career where I'll be reading the defenses and making the right play more often as opposed to relying on on my physical prowess, which luckily this is not a um, television show. Otherwise, you'd know uh, I was sort of exacerbating my uh, physical prowess on this. <laughs> All right, man. Well, let's dive into it. Let's ask the million dollar question, which is what makes a construction champion? You know, I in so again, I'm going to look at it through my lens as someone who wants to disrupt things. And I would say a construction champion, in my opinion, has two real core elements to them. The first one is they start by putting themselves in the shoes of the homeowner, the resident, the purchaser, the downstream, right? So I think it's very easy when you when you approach, if you approach construction as your business, right? It's very easy to look at it through the lens of either getting, an, you know, raising your, getting the next buck, right? Um, getting a little bit, getting another crew under you, landing another job, um, you know, whatever it is, it, 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 and oftentimes there's so much work to be done that you're only focused on kind of the incremental benefit in order, and you're very focused on how it benefits you as a business. So to me, a champion takes a step back in construction and thinks about it from the perspective of what am I doing to delight the customer downstream, right? Um, I, have, I honestly think that the two of those things can go hand in hand. Um, so I think that's the first part of, of a construction champion is put myself in the shoes of, of the consumer, of the homeowner, of the resident, whoever it happens to be, and think through what what do I what would I want? How would I delight this person? Um, and that could be through better service, better pricing, transparency, better communication, all those other kind of things. So I think um, so I think that's part one. And then the second part then is how do I think about how do I embrace change, not resist it, right? Um, so I think it's learning what's new out there, staying abreast of what's of the changes that are going on within the construction industry, and how do I then adopt those things? I think construction is a digital laggard. It's uh, one of the least digitized and least productive industries in the world. That is not that's not a Chris Langford perspective that is like a mathematical fact about productivity. Um, you know, look at it within the context of other things that we consume. Almost everything else that we consume 
has gone down considerably in price and complexity. And a lot of that has to do with, uh, you know, reducing input costs, streamlining supply chains, uh, re, uh, you know, optimizing labor, et cetera, right? Think about the price of a TV. It used to be a, you know, 35 inch TV when I was a kid was, you know, $1,500, $1,600. It was like amazing. And, uh, and now you can walk into Best Buy and walk out for $400 for like an 80 inch TV, right? So, um, so I think, so I think just the two biggest things for me as a champion is put yourself in your customer's shoe first. Um, you know, get outside of your own business and the day-to-day tasks that you need to complete and really think about how do I delight that person that I need to serve. And then the second part of that is then kind of keep abreast of the newer things that are going on out there. There is a lot of innovation that is trying to occur within the construction industry. There are a lot of opportunities to digitize your business and optimize your business from from lead gen to labor management to scheduling and dispatching and all these other kind of things. Um, so keep yourself educated on those things and be open to to implementing those. I think those are the two biggest things that make a champion in my mind. I love it, and they're the two biggest things that the industry <laughs> needs. So I've I've been having great conversations outside of construction champions on some other podcasts about that customer experience like what you're talking about putting yourself in the shoes of that customer like the construction industry as a whole has a horrible customer experience satisfaction reputation and i don't care if you think you do it better than everybody else chances are there's room for improvement there and as an industry, we have to raise the bar to your other. Like we need to come to your other and do exactly what you're talking about and understand we do serve clients. Like we have a customer and as an industry, we are not making them happy. <laughs> no, it is. It, it's, it's relatively surprising. I mean, I think, you know, 15 years ago when I was at Lowe's, we would do these customer research journeys and, you know, we would map out all of these pain points and the experience and all these opportunities to delight customers. And, and, um, you know, I would always view it through the lens of a researcher. And so I'd, so again, I would spout facts like, Oh, you know, uh, communication is terrible and, you know, people don't show up all the time and change orders and all this other stuff, right? 20% over budget and they hate that. And, uh, and so we would just, we'd know all the, the rationale for why things go south. And then, but then when I sort of bought my, we did a lot more work on it than we had done in uh, the past. It's like, it's almost surreal to be in the middle of the experience and watch, watch it happen to you. Right. And there's, the worst part is you're so you're helpless, right? So maybe you, Ron, are someone who could who wouldn't outsource or could jump in at any given point and be like, you know what, I'm not waiting on an electrician, right? Maybe you're maybe you can do those things. But the average person who has contracted with someone, it's like once the job is started, the worst part about it, it's it's like when you're sitting in the um, sales office to buy a car. Right. And they took your car to go appraise it. And you can't, you can't, they won't let you back in your car. Right. And they're just like getting the sales manager and playing the shell game and they're doing all these things. Right. You feel the worst part of that experience is that feeling of captivity. 
And that's what I've come to believe really, really lends itself to the challenge in the construction industry is like, I can't, I've already decided I can't do it myself. I've outsourced it. I'm most likely paying a decent amount of money, right? It's almost impossible to do something, even a minor repair without coming out of pocket somewhat. And once it's started, you are so beholden to that vendor. So even if you think it almost takes a catastrophe for you to switch contractors in the middle of the job, right? So, and the worse the job is going, the more the dollar signs start running, right? It's like, well, we hadn't contemplated this. So that's a new thing. And that's a new thing. And that's a new thing. And so you, there's almost like no end in sight of the amount of money you might be out of pocket. There's no visibility into when the job's actually going to get done. There's no opportunity for you to jump in and do it yourself. And generally speaking, it is exceptionally challenging to move from one contractor to the next. And so it's just this like really horrible feeling of captivity. Um, and, and, oh, by the way, they happen to be, you know, disrupting your living space all during that period of time. And so, uh, yeah, it's just, it, it, it's what I think is always surprising is um, the number of industry participants who approach it as, um, sort of the cost of doing business, right? They don't show a lot of empathy for the fact that the homeowner is going through this challenge, right? I feel like empathy is one of the biggest missing components in here because, again, if I've got 10 different jobs and I'm just bouncing from the next one to just see where it's going and I'm trying to schedule the electrician here and the plumber here and the framer over here, um, all of those jobs are behind, almost always, right? Um, and therefore, you operate in this world where it's almost like you downplay the fact that everything is behind because the belief of the contractor often is to say, hey, if I make it look like everything's under control, then people won't freak out about the delay. And I feel like that's like the opposite, what they should be doing, which is empathizing with the fact of like, yeah, this is this was the schedule we wanted to do. And here are the things that are happening that are causing us to be off schedule. And even though we anticipate that, you know, this is a rough estimate, I empathize with you. And I'm, I apologize for the fact that it's almost like apology means I'm going to have to take some money off. Um, but but that's not really the case. So anyways, I know that's just a whole bunch of ranting on on the customer experience, but it's it's just shocking the the lack of empathy and the lack of focus on getting the customer experience right and how much of a differentiator it is just to be transparent and empathetic. That's not even that takes no technology, right? Yeah, no, not at all. Like that's you're so on point with that and like, I mean, it's why we just have to do better. It's why I do the Construction Champions podcast. And so we can have these conversations so guys, people can start to understand like what you just talked about with what that customer feels. Like I am a big component of just being transparent, being honest. Like there's no facade that has to be put on. And what you believe in your mind, if you go into it with the mindset of like, this is, I'm going to have to discount this job, then that homeowner is going to want you to discount that job. If you just go in there and you're just like very fact of the matter, like this is what's happening. This is why, this is where we're at. And, you know, have some of these discussions in that sales process as well. You know, I used to tell my guys all the time is that one thing you have to understand 
is that the moment we walk through that door and start working on that house, it is miserable for that homeowner if they're living in that house. Like there's nothing we can do about that other than be happy, be like, be as accommodating as we can. But like, we are literally going in and disrupting their life. And right. that is going to bring out all kinds of different emotions. And that's all they are. It's nothing personal. These are just emotions because you just wrecked somebody's how they do it. Like, <laughs> think about if your routine got disrupted for however long, it, it's going to rely on a problem there. And the people emotionally respond. And then we take it personal when it's not personal. It's just we didn't have the hindsight to have these conversations or have the ability to understand we are disrupting their entire life. And if they have to move out and they're living somewhere else and they're trying to get back into their house, that's even more of a disruption. And yeah. every delay is just a, 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 a piggyback on those emotions and what they're feeling. And I think you're right on the spot when you talk about really, really looking at what we do when we start a project on somebody's house. Yeah. And I mean, I hope that this doesn't come across as like condescending or dismissive of the craft or something, but I think it, a lot of it starts with the idea that um, most, most construction businesses are kind of like single crew, you know, relatively small outfits. They aren't, they're certainly not run by, you know, MBAs and which probably a good thing. Um, my, my point being is like, I don't, what I don't find is that I find that many construction companies, because they are subscale, do not take any time to truly and deeply understand these things, right? Like, again, when we were, when we would do research on projects, uh, I remember, you know, the stress of a major home improvement project was, you know, ranked pretty high in terms of like marital strife. Right. Like in the not quite to infidelity, but, you know, there's some pretty deep emotional things that happen during those periods of time. And so it's you. But people don't again, they aren't perceiving it. They know that this person maybe is combative. But if no one has ever taken a step back and read any research about construction, consumer journey, how that makes them feel the experiences, if no one's ever asked their customer, what do you want? How would I, how could I serve you better? If they've never done a single bit of customer research, then they're just going about their day. They're swinging their hammer and getting on the lake, right? Like that's all they want to do. Swing the hammer, get on the lake, swing the hammer, get on the lake. Right. And, uh, and they're not, they're just, again, they're living with the idea. It's almost like they've thrown up their hands and said, well, this is just the way it is. Right. Like, yeah, everyone knows terrible experience, going to run over, going to do all these other things. But they, I don't think there there's just isn't a level of understanding about what their customer is going through um, because it's such a long tail, small operator industry. And therefore, those operators either don't have the capacity, don't have the access to that kind of research, um, or just so much are just so focused on getting the next dollar of revenue in that they never really take the time to perfect their craft. Um, and again, once they have the contract in hand, the likelihood that they're finishing out that job is, uh, 
is pretty high, right? So they're just, they're moving on to the next thing and, and, and kind of never doing an audit of how that experience went and what they could have done better. You're going to get my blood pressure going here because the, <laughs> uh, the industry standard of that's just how it is. It's the biggest load of bullshit. The fact that that is like, that has become an industry standard. Like this all sucks so bad that it is now standard to say, that's just how the construction industry is, is that's the biggest crock that like, that is this podcast exists to destroy that. Like from episode one, I said, I am out here to destroy all these preconceived notions around the construction industry because they shouldn't exist. We can do better. We're the backbone of America. We build all this stuff, all these homes. It, so much stuff goes through construction for us to just accept this reputation, to accept that this is okay, is unacceptable. Yeah. Well, the uh, I think part of it is there's there's two big factors at play that make things complicated. The first is that the majority of issues in the construction are really a human chaos problem, right? It's like the inability to um, to understand how a human is going to play within the scope of your system. And the second is a system design problem, right? So again, if you think about construction, the average construction job is not full of employees, right? There's like no employees on a on a construction site. Maybe the guy, maybe the sort of con the manager who shows up is an employee of the general contractor. Everyone else there is a sub, right? And so the the chaos problem is that um, GCs are short on subs, right? They can only do as many jobs as their subs have capacity to do. So they run they they run this fine line with their labor, which is, hey, I don't want to like piss off my electrician because I don't have I can't really replace him or her very easily. So they tiptoe around. They allow their they allow their subs to kind of I don't want to say run run over them. But, you know, if the subs like, hey, I can't make it today. Yeah, I mean, eventually that turns into a problem. But it's again, it's accepted because it's like, well, what am I going to do? In the same way, the homeowner in the middle of a project can't just throw up their hands and say, well, I'll just rewire the house. Um, the the GC has a finite number of skilled tradespeople, right? And so the skilled tradespeople are fully aware of this. And, you know, with so within the system, so the, the issue is they they contract jobs all over town. They're managing their own business which then intersects with the GC's business, who's trying to control the chaos of their business and on and on and on, right? And so if you think about almost every other industry, what happens is it's like, I work for someone, that person like has controlled all the work that needs to be done. They know that they have me for X number of hours per week, right? They know exactly what my schedule is. They can optimize it. So it's like substantially easier, right? But when I'm when I'm like contracting with someone else and that's a relatively loose contract and it's like, yeah, I know you got to get this job done. And um, and that person has a lot and the supplier has a lot of supplier power. Then it, it just there's a lot of weak power throughout. The, the homeowner has the least amount of power, it feels like. Right. Um, once they're contracted, the GC, shockingly, even though they're running a lot of business to these subs, that power is at a minimum balanced right? If it's not even skewed towards the sub. So 
this the design of the system is actually pretty it like lends itself to this problem right because very few people are beholden to others um and every person fundamentally needs the other person downstream right so Again, if I didn't need the GC, if I just like hired someone because I'd be easier and it'd like save my weekends and I could get two or three weekends or weeks into a project and be like, this sucks. Then I, then that would, then I'd have a ton of, I just like, get out of here. I don't want it. Like I'm done, like finish up, I'll pay you for what you've done. And I'll just take it from here. But I don't have that power. I don't really have that, that capability and similarly on down the line. And so the, the structural problems and then the humans underneath them and the chaos that the humans create by the structural problems lends itself to a lot of these these challenges, which in hindsight is why a lot of people used to say, um, oh, this can't be solved with um, this can't be solved with technology. Right. A lot of people say, well, it's humans. It's not technology problem. And I think that is also a little bit of a throwing the hands in the air motion, because I agree that you it doesn't all get solved with with technology right until i guess robots are our subcontractors or something like that right but like it doesn't get solved with technology but it can certainly get enhanced um and so that's where that's what we're trying to do we're trying to just take some of these ridiculous amounts of inefficiencies that are in these markets and uh and use technology to make the industries more productive which i think create both a better experience and ultimately a lower cost downstream hmm. i love it man you're for knowledge you're for facts which i really love because facts are what matter at the end of the day uh so for all the construction champions out there if they wanted to connect with you follow you learn more about what you're doing where's the best place for them to do that at Sure. Um, well, uh, if so, my email is chris at htv.vc. You can email me if you have, uh, you know, if you want to sort of get up to date on on some things. Um, follow me on Twitter at clangfordvc. Uh, you know, go to our website at htv.vc. So there's a couple of different ways to kind of to kind of connect in there. And uh, you know, we'll start publishing a little bit more content on on our site and through our social channels uh, in the in the coming year. So that might be, you know, one way to to get up to date. And like, if you reach out to me and you really are, uh, you know, you're in construction, you want to get hooked in. I'm happy to also say, hey, here's the here's the seven or eight resources that I read on a pretty regular basis that have good can kind of keep you up to date on what's going on on the innovative side of of housing and construction. Awesome, man. Well, thank you for taking the time to be on the show today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right, Construction Champions, another amazing episode where we really looked into what that customer journey looks like. What is that experience? Chris went into great detail talking about the emotions that that homeowner goes through from the moment they sign that contract with you and give you a check. I know I've spoke on it here before about how we have to take that experience and completely change it. It's what a champion is meant to do. It's come in and disrupt what has always been. When Michael Jordan landed on the boards, they were not a winning franchise. He disrupted the shit out of that. And when he left, they thought championships are the only status quo. 
That's what we have to do in our businesses. That's what we have to do in the construction industry is step in and say, this is not how it's supposed to be. This is how it's supposed to be. And how do we get there and work on that? One thing we used to do was uh, go shop. I don't even know if that's the right terminology, but I would literally have people call the company up, go get asked, go through the process, go through that customer journey. Unbiased people that I knew would tell me exactly what they thought about that customer experience. Do you have the ability to do that? And when I say ability, the honesty with yourself to have somebody do that. You could just close, if not, if you're driving, do not do this if you're driving, but you could close your eyes and probably pretty much visualize what that customer experience is like. My question is, is do you have the balls to put somebody through that and then get the honest feedback? Because that's what it's going to come down to is understanding that having that empathy that Chris spoke of to be able to understand what, what your customer is going through so we can change the perception of that customer experience in construction. So construction champions, make sure you go join our Construction Champions Mastermind group on Facebook where we're connecting listeners and guests. Share the podcast, like the podcast, leave us a review. We are continuing to grow and 2024 is going to be an amazing year for Construction Champions Podcast. Make sure you go out and you check out all of our sponsors. And until next time, be the champion you were meant to be. Hey, Construction Champions. It's your host, Ron Newsbaum here. And I want to talk to you about how you can automate all of your marketing. We've had so many people on here talk about getting the systems in place. Well, we have partnered with Build 12 and Construction Champions Podcast. Les O'Hara, the founder, what really excites me is his 30 years in the industry. And now he's built a system to be able to nurture your leads and continue to utilize that. I personally use the system myself. Build 12 is absolutely amazing. There's a lot of value in there. And it's a way to start getting away from Angie's list and all of that kind of stuff and start actually creating your own leads every day and have a system for them. So go on our website Check out the show notes. Go check out Build 12 and what it can do for the front end of your business today. It's absolutely amazing. I highly recommend going and meeting with Les and his son, Devin, and talking to him about what they built for their own business so the rest of the industry can take benefit from that. Here on Construction Champions, we're all about helping each other out. And what is better than contractors helping contractors? I say nothing. So let's go take this to the next level. Go check out Build 12. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me or Les or his son, Devin. We're here to help. We want to continue to grow the industry.